growing together doesn't start until you you start to communicate the problems. That's I mean that's that's step one. Um, I think uh, that was the uh, that was the uh, sentiment I had took from. Um, I think you had sat you had just sat down uh, with the brothers on the, the, the black man health mental health. Um, and that was the that was the the piece you have to be able to the the, the closed mouth don't get fed. You have to be able to communicate. You know the current situation you're in, what you need, how can I help? And I mean, that's that's ultimately you know where um, where any type of movement starts. It starts on that level. Um, so once you communicate, you can at least plan to do things, organize, and execute. But I mean, communication is going to have to be, but you can't get to communication if you don't think there's a reason to even talk because you don't understand what you don't get where they coming from. They don't get where you coming from. Like, so now you just two, two magnets and y'all just y'all on opposite ends and y'all never going to communicate. So talking, you got to have some form of communication. this episode, I got the chance to sit down with loving father, husband, son, trusted accountant, and my very good friend, Gerald Witcher Jr., also known as G. We sat down to discuss Gerald's passion to help people, his path toward becoming a CPA, his journey in fatherhood, and what it takes to be a presence for his son. We sat down and unpacked what it means to have a role model in our lives love and fears of raising and bringing black life into this world, how generations need to build relationships to even start the needed conversations of growing together, and most importantly, how we as black men should lead with love. Enjoy. going on everybody welcome to the mother brother podcast my name is octavius blount i'm your host and i have a good brothers with us today um this is a special guest for me i've known him for 10 plus years it's felt like forever a lot of people probably would have called us brothers if they didn't really see us together or didn't know our backstory Um, but we do have a loving father a loving husband a loving son and also my brother that's good with the numbers so brother if you can introduce yourself please do how y'all doing, family? Uh, Gerald Witcher, uh, self-proclaimed tax accountant, uh, father, husband, as you said, um, and you know we, we definitely been 
definitely been uh locked in for a minute now. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I definitely definitely see how people would think we wasn't blood <laughs> straight mm-hmm. up and down. But yeah, that's me. I do I do appreciate you for saying uh blood because um that that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I look at it as yeah, we got different moms, we got different dads, but loyalty, trust, and honesty, that's what makes us brothers in my opinion. Um but we just going to kick it right off with the first question I always got for a brother. Um, so what's the one thing you love about being a black man? <laughs> that's a, uh, that's a deep question. Um, I, if I think about it quickly, it would have to be, um, the connection that I have with other black men, no matter okay. No matter, you know, I, I've never met them before. No matter if I'm traveling overseas, if I'm going to the other side of the country. And it may have to do with just black culture as a whole, but having similar backgrounds, having to go through similar things coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an unspo- unspoken and just um, unknown bond with someone that you never met. Um, that's mm-hmm. probably the best feeling to have, you know, walking, you know, walking out in the day as a black man, knowing that you, you have a strong connection with people that you've never met. Okay. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> One, cause, um, you, you've seen TikToks, you've seen on Instagram, YouTube of the videos of every time a black man meet another black man, they always start with a, What's up, bro? Mm. <laughs> and then it leads to that handshake. And then it leads to, hey, bro, what you trying to do? <laughs> you got mad. You got... <laughs> it always leads to that. You're right. Right. And I think um, that that's also another... Like, I would totally agree with you on that one because we all look alike. <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah. you don't want to say it, but yeah. we all look alike. and We all have almost the same background as being black men. Right. And I think that... um with me, I think one thing that I like and appreciate about being a black man is that, like you said, you could connect very quickly. Yeah. Um, like myself and you, we connected like that. We didn't know each other from a can of paint. Yeah. And 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 not to cut you off, but it's the it's the idea that not even that we look alike as in in the physical, like mm-hmm. we look alike as in what we've been through, what we've seen. The type of things mm-hmm. that we relate to, it all just yeah. looks. If we if we closed our eyes and we just made a painting of things that you know how we feel about certain things or how you know mm-hmm. we look at certain things and we open them, most of them may look similar because it's mm-hmm. just coming off of you know our experiences. So that's yeah, looking like deep, <laughs> like yeah. deep feeling, looking like yeah. It runs deep. I agree with you. Yeah. It um, it's not just about how we look. It's about what we, what we've experienced with one another. Right. You got ancestors that has been through the same thing as we have been through. Right. Right. Um, and I think just that connection alone, as far as black men, is very, it's very impactful when it comes to like myself and you. Right. Like we're we're total opposites, but we're also the same at certain moments. Yeah. yeah. Like I've noticed. <laughs> You can be hot, I could be ice. 
Not all the way ice, because I'm always hot. There's <laughs> <laughs> some boiling under that ice. Yeah, you it's something. Crack that ice if you want to. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, like, it was it was always the, at Arcadia, it was always the, it was always if you saw me, you, you, was, you was either with me or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And if we wasn't together, somebody knew that, hey, I'd ride around the corner. Mm-hmm. If, if G needy, he going to be around the corner and vice versa. Right. Right. And um, that's that's one thing that I've noticed. It's like if I'm hot, you the one that's like, all right, I'll eat. chill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you you doing too much. <laughs> and I think um, and vice versa. Me, I was the one that was like, I'm putting fuel to the fire. Go ahead, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's one thing that um that I really appreciated about you. Um, you allowed me to be me. Right. Um, right. and I really appreciate that from you. Um, I didn't know if you was going to say no, something. No, no. You was about to say something. No? Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's the one thing that I loved about you at first. You you saw me for me. Mm-hmm. And you accepted that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can say the first time we met was at a hall meeting at Arcadia. Mm-hmm. When I said, can none of y'all say the N-word, you looked at me like, this man is crazy. <laughs> it was more like, this N-word is crazy. That's why I don't be cool with him. <laughs> I know it. And that is one question I want I want to ask you is um as far as us growing as black men, um, like what made you gravitate towards me? Well, I, I mean, I think once I got into college, um so and and kind of the to rescale that it's funny that a lot of people realize themselves and get the mass discoveries uh, and things like yeah. that once they go to school and break out of with their their uh, comfortable zones and things like that. Um, but just the whole process of going to Arcadia was kind of like backwards for me. Like I never had intentions on going to Arcadia. It mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, all right, now I'm here, so now I have to make room for you know the experiences that I'm gonna have. Um, mm-hmm. So I purely went off of energy once I got okay. onto Arcadia's campus, and okay. if it wasn't the right energy, I wasn't going to be in nowhere near it. So mm-hmm. of course when we're on a hall like we're in <laughs> and yeah. it seemed like oh well this type of energy is really the only the only thing around here that's similar to me or or, mm-hmm. or in the realm of you know how I was brought up or the type of people that I came up around and mm-hmm. things like that so you know when you gravitate off energy you bump into people that that that's given off what you give off. So yeah. that automatically, automatically we were going to be cool just off mm-hmm. of energy per se. Once we broke out of that and really started to know each other and, you know, build the bond, that's, you know, it's, it's just kind of like how it was written. It was supposed to be that way. And I, I was just thinking the other day, like, man, I never even wanted to go to Arcade. Like mm-hmm. I originally wanted to go t- to, California or 
I wanted to go down yeah. south to HBCU. So it's just crazy how things kind of, you know, work themselves out and put you in the right places where, you know, you meet people that you, you're supposed to be around. So, yeah. I I can attest to that because um, I'm be honest with you. My mother wanted to send me to Morehouse, mm-hmm. and you like you know it's just me and my mom. You know I'm very protective. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be that far. Right. right. <laughs> and it's like, um, God might, might must have said, "Hey man, you you might want to go there, but Arcadia right over here, and I have a better uh, experience for you." Right. And I think with that space of, like you said, energy, I think um, that's what I was giving off, yeah. and that's what I was. That's what we. That's what you were giving off to me, was just energy of like we here, <laughs> like yeah. like we now we got to make the best of it, right. um, and how are we going to make the best of it um, as black men on this PWI? Right, right, right. So yeah, I think that's. That's one thing that that caught my attention was um, you're calm, cool, collected. I can give it to you, but I'm chilling right now. And I think that's the vibe that you gave off to me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, bro, I I appreciate you, um, but I don't know you like that yet. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that I noticed um, was like you were cautious about, hey, cool, yeah, we can talk. I see you. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll talk to you. And then like those those phases of getting to know somebody um just established between me and you. Right. Right. Um, so like you said for Arcadia, you said you weren't gonna go there, but college was a way to figure yourself out. And that's the first question I got for you for in the den is um at what moment did you discover you were a black man? So it's 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 funny, um, as I told you before, I, I watched a couple of your other episodes, and mm. and what I realize is that it's there's a moment that you discover in a physical that you're a black man, and then there's a moment where you actually understand what it even means to be a black man to everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think. And so the first part of it, discovering that I'm a black man, that came probably like middle school. Okay. Um, I went to uh, Grover Washington uh, Junior Middle School in Alany um, that wasn't necessarily in my neighborhood. I kind of went out of the way to go there. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that people that looked like me wasn't necessarily majority now. So I was now, I was kind of now going into an area where the majority was uh, the Asian cultures and Mm that, and learning that is, was more than, you know, just certain Asian cultures that I had known before that. Um, Mm -hmm. So learn, knowing meeting Vietnamese people, meeting Korean people, meeting Chinese, you know, meeting Japanese people all in your same class. Yeah. Um, you know, you still have friends that look like you, but it's not as many now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first time where I noticed that, all right, something a little bit different here yeah. Um, than what I'm, you know, accustomed to. 
just in elementary school. But I think when the moment when I had to analyze what it meant to be a black man to other people when they saw me was mm -hmm. that was the the time when you get into school where you actually go outside of your home and you're kind of away um because mm -hmm. for me of course for us we weren't far yeah. we were just away yeah um <laughs> Uh, that's the whole thing. You go away to school. Yeah. yeah. So, Dang. so, um, and it's, you know, everyone has their experiences, their aha experiences or the, the head tap where it's like, oh, mm -hmm. you just got hit with a little bit that you wasn't, yeah. you didn't expect coming. But um, basically it's in a, in a classroom, a certain topic came up of uh, rappers using the N word. Mm -hmm. And it was the moment when, so now this is, we, we hear the song, we hear the whole song. It was about a bunch of different things, but the one piece of the song that was brought out mm -hmm. to be discussed amongst the class that only had two mm -hmm. black people in it was why would this mm -hmm. rapper use the N word? And the person that gets asked the question, of course, is one of the of two course. black people in the class mm -hmm. who are sitting in the back of the class next to mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that moment when the question is asked and the whole class turns around and looks at y'all, you realize that the class almost, almost puts you in a point where you must have the, the most violent answer to why this person that sings this song uses this word that we know mm -hmm. we can't say. Yeah. And I didn't realize it then, but after thinking back, it was more like, well, why did they think I would be able to hold all the cards to give them mm -hmm. that answer that they was looking for? I'm not the rapper. Mm -hmm. I didn't make the song. I'm, right. I mean, I know the word, look like and it. I know that I've used the word, but yeah, I had. I'm not the artist in this, so why? How would I know why that artist didn't choose a different word? Mm -hmm. So now that that leads to say, all right, well, this is not just about the artist, the song. This is about the word, and it's supposed to be mine. Yeah. Yeah. So now I really had to 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 break in to understand that other people looked at me as, you know, you are this person. Yeah. You may or may not be this word, but mm -hmm. you're the only person that can use it. So you have to now give the explanations on this word. You have to give the lectures on, you know, who and who can't use it and why yeah. and why can't you use it and where this word come from. So, you know, in that moment, that was when I understood that, okay, now I'm in something different. I'm some, I'm something different than, you know, I thought I was like, I thought I was just, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a black kid that went to school and a predominantly white woman college, mm -hmm. but I'm not only that now I'm somebody that people look at, and say, 
well, you supposed to tell us everything about this topic because you look like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was the real moment where I probably discovered what it meant and how, you know, that I was actually a black man. It was in that moment. Okay. I can definitely um, take that moment and, like, break it up into, like, all these different sections at Arcadia yeah. um, to sit there and say my smack in the head moment, my aha moment, mm. which is like what Dr. Dr. Larry's Dr. main That's saying immediate, is immediately thought you're going, <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're going to have that aha moment of, okay, I am a black man on a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. So predominantly white women, uh, college institution, university. And I've had those instances where I'm the only one in class. Yeah. And it's like, uh, sounds of the lamb or uh, kids from up in the hill. They mm. all just, they all just, mm. they all just look at you. Children of the corn. There you go, <laughs> children. See, that's why you, my brother, you got my back. And it's like when you sit and you're sitting in there, you're like, I have to represent for the whole race. Yeah. And if I say something. It's it's valid. Like they have to. Like <laughs> like what else am I supposed to say? And now you're going to be the source. You're the yeah. reference now. Yeah, you're the encyclopedia, up. the dictionary, the YouTube, the Google. It's, you're all that. And if they look something up or if they research and they're like, "Oh, you were wrong," mm. but it's like that's my experience. That's what I think mm. it is. It's my opinion. Right. And some people may take your opinion. As to speaking for the whole race, yeah. and that's the that's the part that that got me was, I said I can only be me. I can't be everybody. Right. I can't be, I can't be G. I can't be Steve. I can't be um, Khalif. I I can't be them. Right. I can only be me. G has his own interpretation of what that word means. What that what those lyrics mean. Mm-hmm. I have something different. I listen to the beat first. Mm-hmm. And then I see how the music, the uh, the lyrics go with with it. Mm-hmm. G made listen to the music, made listen to the, the words first. Yeah. So it's like speaking up for the whole race is is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's very taxing, and a lot of people may not recognize that that's hard to do. Yeah. Because when you're the only one, <laughs> you had two. So it's like, hey, bro, you want to help me out? Like, <laughs> that was the now, lucky, now we fighting. The, that was the lucky time. That's had, that's the lucky time. <laughs> <laughs> like, now you now you got somebody to feed off of right. to say, hey, I don't want to be the only one. Do you want to? Now y'all fighting because mm-hmm. <laughs> you like, hey, bro, you're not gonna say nothing, right? So that that's one thing that I think um, is big when it comes to like black men, black people in general. Mm-hmm. Is that we have to, if a black man does something wrong, now that's like, oh, all y'all do something mm-hmm. wrong. So it's like, like one thing is like, the question I've always had was, it's not asking you, it's just a rhetorical, it's like, how do we fix that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we fix that umbrella? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the main thing for me. Yeah. And, it, and, the, and the reason why it can, it really only is rhetorical because we don't have, again, we don't have all the cards 
Yeah. Like it's not all in our hands to do the work to do that. Like that mm-hmm. is a a combined work of people that look like us, people that don't look like like us. Yeah. Both sides. So it's a that's that's the toughest question that takes the most work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that. I know um, I did say you're a loving father. Um, in this moment, I am going to ask you some questions about um, you, your son, and your father, because that's that's three generations right there. I don't see that, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I get to see it through somebody else that um that I care a lot about. Right. Um, with your son, how do you think um, cause society puts a lot of things on people as they get older? How do you think um, you're going to assist your son in discovering his blackness, discover his um, him being a black man in this world? So that's tough because, um, and, you know, as, as presently stand in, in the city that we live in with mm-hmm. everything um, as heavily weighed on, uh, black men as a whole um, mm-hmm. that always went into you know even deciding to have kids like even knowing mm-hmm. that you're going to be raising a kid and now not only are you raising a child you're raising a black man that's going to have so many things weighed on him um, mm-hmm. so the the biggest thing and probably the, the main thing I'm going to uh, want to and still is the only the only real uh barometer to to um you know walk in is gonna be in love. Like you mm-hmm. you have to live your life on that staple. Like yeah. you have to find the things that you love, gravitate to the things that you love and that love you. And mm-hmm. only then will you be able to, you know, understand who you are and love yourself before you can love someone else and mm-hmm. see love because of how, you know, you've experienced it. So mm-hmm. um, that's the only real thing that I can say is um, something that I've figured out as of present day with my son. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one this year, uh, this month. Um, that's the only thing that I would say in this 12 months that I could really grasp to know that, okay, I'm standing on this being one of your pillars. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, realistically, I think that's, that's probably going to be the best one that I do find. Um, but ultimately I think for my son's role to discovery, he's going to have to operate in the space of love. Okay. I really like that. Um, cause that's one thing that we as black men and also society in general, um, forgets about us Right. as that we, we love unconditionally. Um, when it comes to, yes, they say we're, we're supposed to protect, we're supposed to do this, but that comes out of love. Mm-hmm. We respect that comes out of love. So I appreciate you for saying, um, one of his pillars will be love. Yeah. Um, and just to go off what you said when it comes to bringing a black man into this world, um, 
I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm nervous. Um, yeah. so even though I'm not married, we we've talked about kids later on down the line, and that's a nervous thing for me. Yeah, a black woman and a black man. Yeah, that's I'm nervous to bring a black man in this world because when he comes out. You got to check on him already. Like, we already know that. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's a scary thing for me. Um, but like you said, if you walk in love, if you walk by faith, if you if you walk by the pillars that you have as a dad first, mm-hmm. I think um, you're going to model that for him. And I think that um, for you, you saw your dad mm-hmm. and how he modeled and how he walked in this world. Right. And I think for me... Um, just watching y'all two, um, just the conversations y'all had, um, the connection y'all had, the love y'all had for one another. Yeah, your dad probably will say, "All right, man, get out of here," <laughs> but he still love you. Like that mean he like that connection with y'all two means he love you, uh, from what I've seen. Right. And I really appreciate you for for expressing um, that love factor because mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. No, we don't talk about it as far as um, black men. Uh, when it comes to like, I love you, bro. Right. Or I have a son. I have to show him love in order for him to know what it looks like. Right. Right. Um, so even though I said like all these like taxing, um, love, expressing everything, um, that's the next question I got for you is how do you as a black man explore your feelings? Man. Um and it's tough. I think it's um uh... I think as I grew, um, I looked for different ways um, to explore my feelings. I think as a kid, I held a lot of stuff in um, as far as Mm -hmm. like, you know, things that I might have saw or um, how other people um, express their feelings. Um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of, it's a lot of emotions that, you know, go into, um, from, you know, from a birthday party, being excited to grieving mm-hmm. so many things that, um, get tied into that. And, um, I think as a kid, I didn't necessarily know how to explore my feelings, um, mm-hmm. or how to, um, tell someone how I was feeling. It was just more so, well, everybody's happy right now, so let's just be happy. Yeah. Or this is a time where everyone's a little bit sad, so it's okay to be sad now. Um, so I think growing um, and getting older, um, my feelings really just went into um, leisure time. Like, of course, you know, anytime you saw me, I was listening to music or yeah, um, or, or playing video games or um, or trying to find an outlet to just cycle everything in my mind out through something else or wash mm-hmm. wash my feelings out through. Um, music that I'm listening to or mm-hmm. wash my feelings out through um, the games that I'll playing or um, the walks that I will take. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
but it it, it was always it's always been a, a tough thing for me. Uh, but I I think I learned once, especially once I got into school, um, and I got a little bit more on my own. That you know, when I get overwhelmed, they had mm-hmm. these feelings and the emotions and all things have to be let out. That can't be held in no more. Like they, yeah. you know, the, the, that built up and pent up stuff. It just it does no good. I think the I had I don't know when I saw the quote, but the Mark Twain uh, the Mark Twain quote that um, mm-hmm. hate does more harm in a vessel that is stored than on which it's poured. Mm-hmm. And and from seeing that quote, it was just like you're hurting yourself much more not releasing these mm-hmm. things and and not going out. Like I think I just <laughs> I watched uh, uh Dame Dash he uh mm-hmm. recently he was saying that he never his people people hated him because he never held anything in. He immediately how he felt you was gonna know. Yeah. He couldn't he couldn't hold it in. And and but that's how he was able to move from you know thing to thing and not ever um feel away because he, mm-hmm. he let you know how you felt already. It was yeah. never gonna be anything that was held in. So um feeling aspiration super important um and just finding finding multiple avenues. Like I, I always say it was never one thing that could just be um outlet for me it always mm-hmm. any and everything i, I kind of got my uh attention um would be something that you know i used as an avenue to explore how i felt um, about certain situations so okay i appreciate you for saying that mm-hmm. um because i'm i was somewhat in the same way where it's like if your family is having a good time, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the person to be like, I know I'm going to express this right now. Right. Like you had uh, um, your emotions, your your feelings, um, your thoughts had to take a back seat mm. um, because you didn't want to be that family member that messes up everything. Right. Um, so I was kind of in that space. Um, and then it gets to a point as you get older, you say how you feel. Yeah. And then now it's, it's questions of, where is that coming from? Right. Um, why is he saying it like this? Why is he saying it like that? And I think it gets to a point where it's like, I'm tired of suppressing my feelings, suppressing how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I don't, then everything's going to be, everybody's going to think everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's not, you have to, you have to know that. And I think for, for me, like you, you said walks. I think walks for me were good. I did them at Arcadia. Um, I played the game with you. Played the game with. So it's like it's things that we had to we had to do in order to um, either get our minds off it or go to the chat and eat some food, mm-hmm. get our minds off of certain things. Um, but the best thing for me was we had each other when it got to that point. Right. It was at some point I was like. Yo, you good, bro? <laughs> yeah. And like vice versa. You've asked me, yo, you good? Like, yeah. you quiet today. Like, you know me. I'm not quiet at all. Yeah. <laughs> and 
you've asked me that on several occasions. Like, hey, bro, like, what's going on? And I think um, for me, how I explored my feelings was um, my mother allowed me to express myself in a way um, that she actually heard what I was saying. She was listening and hearing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I got to Arcadia, you kind of supported me in a way where it's like I've never had another black man say, hey, bro, you good? Because you ain't acting <laughs> the way you normally act and what's wrong. Right. Um, so I, I really appreciate you for doing that um, because it now it allows me to um, to see other black men and say, hey, bro, you good? Like, right. <laughs> and have me observe because that's what you did for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, want, I want to say thank you for doing that. Um, and I know for me, um, like I said, having a son, having a daughter, it gets to that point of um, you're living for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working for somebody else. Um, <laughs> my mom always said, you messing with my child money. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you messing with my kids' money. So I'm an employee. Um, I'm an employee. Th- I'm an employee. I'm an employee. I work for my yes. child. <laughs> and I think um, that that's, that's one thing I did want to ask you is that um, how is – um, your son um, allowed you to explore your your feelings also? Man, uh, there's so many in the, so many feelings just uh, from the time that, you know, he came into this world where, you know, you, you see it all, you take it all in um, and it's, it's like, it's almost a, especially the, the moment where, you know, when you know that he knows you now. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably one, it was probably one moment, literally one of those, I'm gonna be up all night type of Johns where, you know, now it's two thirty or 3 a.m. And he looked at me like, like, I know you now, like, like you're (laughs) like, like I'm with you, like you're my, Mm -hmm. my person. Yeah. And it, with someone that you can't speak to, as far as you speak, they speak back, understand, Mm -hmm. internalize everything and speak back to have such a broad way of expressing that me being able to internalize it and reciprocate something to him without him even knowing the language I speak that Mm -hmm. that feeling in that moment was you know it was everything I could ask for um but even you know even on even showing emotion like I think I get to the point where it's like it's um, when I learned what I learned, you know, about being sad and, um, you know, all those different things was was really like the people that I looked at or the people that I looked to, they didn't get sad. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. see them cry. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see the soft part of the, so my brother's 13 years older than me and you know, my father, those were the, the male figures. I didn't see, you know, the soft parts of them until it was like, you know, 
my grandma passing or, you know, thing. and then, you know, I saw those things and I was like, oh, there is that, that exists too. Mm-hmm. So even, um, like teaching emotion to my son now, um, I want that to be an understanding that, you know, these things are okay. And, you know, you can feel this way. Like you're, it's not, you're not different for feeling this way. Like this is natural for you to feel emotion at something that you don't like or something that, Mm -hmm. um, it's bad to you or bad for you. Um, and hopefully in that, that'll kind of assist with, you know, um, him being able to explore his feelings um, mm-hmm. in a different way than, you know, I was, I allowed myself to growing up. So, um, mm-hmm. man, it, it, it comes full circle um, when you're, when you're now trying to rewrite um, your upbringing to a certain extent mm-hmm. and, and nothing, nothing on how you were brought up by your parents, just more so how you felt when you were a child, like, mm-hmm. and the, how the things you saw made you feel. Um, yeah. And if you thought that you were allowed to feel that way, like, mm-hmm. am I allowed to be upset and now show that I'm upset by crying? Mm-hmm. Or do I just have to get up and brush it off and act like I'm okay? Yeah. But I'm really mm-hmm. not. So um those are those are definitely um things that I'm seeing that okay, I you know, if I feel certain ways, um I wanna at least be able to let my son know that, you know, I feel that way too. Mm-hmm. If I can feel this way, you can feel this way. Um, and that, you know, that'll be another, another pillar to, um, his growth, um, as the years to come as well. Okay. So I guess we just creating pillars today yeah. with you, with you and you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's tough, man. You talk- it's tough, man. You gotta, you gotta play a lot of different, <laughs> you gotta play a lot of different roles, man. I'm a builder right now. I'm yeah. a builder right now. You G the builder? G the builder, man. <laughs> a lot of different roles. I feel you. Uh, so I know. I know you talked about um, your brother, your father, as men that you looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, the next question I got for you for in the den um, is: Who did you learn from, mm-hmm. and how did you navigate society as a black man? Well, those those two men probably gave me if I if if I would give a percentage of my understanding of the world and how I should move in the world. They probably gave me a good 90%. Okay. Um, in, in, of course, in completely different ways um, mm-hmm. because I, I saw them in completely different ways. So, um, so what I got the the other piece of that question was how how did what was the the last part of that question? How did you navigate society as a black man? So, um, as far as you know, once I realized you know 
who I was as far as being a black man. Um, things that I took from them as far as like, you know, just seeing how hard my dad worked and knowing that if I didn't see him, he was at work. Mm-hmm. Like just that mentality. Like if I didn't yeah. see this person, he was at work. And he probably got home after I was asleep, but he was coming from work. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to work before I had to go to school. Yeah. So it was, it's, so that mentality of knowing that your work ethic, no matter what you're doing, has to be at a certain extent. But then, to the other piece, to not only because of who you are and, you know, um, because of your environment, your awareness has to be your main piece of operating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I probably think that's probably the, 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 the most major thing that I take with me from my childhood was that hearing my father say, you have to be aware of your surroundings, no matter no matter what, no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. no matter what situation you're in, uh, or how much fun you have in, there's yeah. you have to be aware of your surroundings. Um, but learning it then was just like, all right, yeah, when I go to school and I'm walking home, I yeah, I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. But really adding the layers to it as you get older and starting a family and. Mm-hmm. You know, buying a home and traveling out of the country and doing all these different things, you know, it 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 grows to a point like, man, this is a I, I didn't even realize this is a pillar of my life. Like yeah. man, I I built my whole life on just something somebody kept saying, like just kept saying, kept saying those countless moments where it was like that and just you know, inherently I learned it that I must navigate this way Mm -hmm. because, you know, um, there's no other way to exist as a black man today without being aware Mm -hmm. and knowing what type of situation that you're in. Um, And of course, like, you know, seeing my, I would say seeing my brother and seeing, you know, um, and, and knowing who he was to me at the time, like I wanted to do exactly what he did. Like I wanted to mm-hmm. be exactly where he was. I wanted to, which you think somebody 13 years older than you yeah. doesn't necessarily <laughs> want to have the kid <laughs> yeah. all the time. But I, I didn't know nothing about that. I just knew that you was my brother. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have that relationship um, before I knew what a brother relationship was supposed to be. Like I knew mm-hmm. if it was anything like how I wanted to be like this person, I knew that that's the type of relationship I wanted to build when I grew up. Um, okay. So I think those probably those two men um, definitely uh, were the biggest pieces to you know my growth as a black man, but also um, how I learned how to navigate was through. Um, just just primarily off of those two guys. Okay. Um, and I've watched uh, you and your brother interact. Um, mm-hmm. 
I want to say it's yin and yang. Like y'all are total opposites, mm-hmm. but it's like y'all are the same when it gets to a point of family, mm-hmm. love, and being there and being a presence. I've I've seen that um, from all three of y'all. Because mm-hmm. um, your dad, if he was available, he he was going to show up. Yeah. Same thing with you. Like if if you're gonna say I'm gonna be there, you are gonna show up. If you like, hey, bro, I ain't gonna be able to make it. All right. I know you're doing something else that's either beneficial for you or your family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been several times that, hey, bro, I got this going on. I can't make it, bro. I got to do X, Y, and Z. Bro, no problem. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no problem. Mm-hmm. I'll catch you at the next one. Like, don't catch you at the next one. We're going to catch up at some point. Right. And I think that's the best thing around um, myself and you. A lot of people get hung up on, oh, I don't talk to my friends like that. Oh, I don't see them every day. Bro, I can see you tomorrow, and then a month later, it's like I saw you yesterday. Yeah. And like that's that's one thing that I love about our connection, and I've seen that with you and your dad, you and your brother, yeah. and now you and your son. You're going to be there for your son because you saw your dad do it for you. Mm-hmm. You saw your brother do it for his son. So it's like the black men that you have in front of you are models for you. Right, right wrong, flaws, exceptions, excellence. That's what you see, and that's what um, that's what I love about the black men that have been in front of me, is that I saw the good and bad, I saw all of it. So now what? After after you after you see all the good and bad from these black men, yeah, how do you navigate this world? And I've had a lot of brothers say, "Oh, I navigate this world very carefully." That's why I love when you said, "Be aware yeah. of your surroundings, but also be aware of yourself." Yeah, and. When you said as you grew older, you were more aware of your surroundings and yourself at the same time, and now you have to be aware of your son and his surroundings. Right. So for me, I would say my Black Mount Rushmore is, um, I would say my Uncle Tiger. You know my Uncle Tiger. Mm-hmm. My Uncle Mace. Um, Pop-Pop is somebody that I call Pop-Pop from um, my daycare provider, my uh, Grandma Bootsy. Um, my Uncle Mace. And my uncle Mark. Mm-hmm. So like those are black men that when you look at these black men, I can say I got love to how to express love from my uncle Tiger. Black love from Pop Pop because they've been together for ever since I've been born and beyond. Mm-hmm. You have pride in your last name from my uncle Mace. You also have um, Mr. Coger. I don't know if you met him yet, but that's a, a gentleman's man. Like he. He's going to open the door for you. He's going to pull out the seat. He's not going to let you pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's that's that's being a gentleman, but also respecting the person that's in front of you. And then also my Uncle Mark. He's a scholar. He speaks very well, but he, he doesn't code switch. He's like, I'm going to give you what I'm going to give you. If I'm in a certain setting, okay, I can, I can do that. But I'm going to also talk to you like, hey, you messed up at this moment. Yeah. This is how you can do better. Um so that's that's what I call my black man Rushmore is these black men right here. It's like I've known they've known me all my life. Yeah. And now when I get past them, it's like now who is it? Like I got you, I got your dad, I got your brother, and I got other black men that I've worked with or networked with. Yeah. Um so I do appreciate you for expressing that those two black men are the black that molded you into the black men that you are right now. Yeah. And um I am going to slide into this this next segment of who you repping. And I know you probably heard of it because you did your homework. Mm-hmm. 
because you flowing right with these <laughs> questions. Um, so with rep is representation, expectations, and perception. So the first question I have for you, I know I called you um, a loving father, a loving husband, and loving son, and my brother. Those are hats that I would say that you wear. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say they're masks that you put on. Those are hats that you wear at certain, certain moments. Um, how do you represent those identities throughout the day and throughout the year? Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. And I, I did do my homework, so it's kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of actually kind of why I wore the shirt that you that you gave yeah. me so kindly. Uh, my dad <laughs> and accountant, you know, just, that's the only thing is missing. It's missing husband in there, which I think that had yeah. to be. It's in there. It would have to be just <laughs> as big a font as dad, uh, just because of. You know how big of a hat, yeah. Mm-hmm. It probably engulfs the other hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's it's um it's a big it's a big job because I I think at the at the core of it is um, how do you represent these hats without losing your identity. Um, and I think that's probably at the heart of um, how, you know, I represent myself, one, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, all that it means to be me. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, how that relates to me as a husband, me as a, you know, an accountant, me as a, a father. Um but it, and that's and 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 it is just as it is right there. It's it's just staying true to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm never going to, as an accountant, give advice to somebody about something that I wouldn't do. Like, yeah, you know, if it's if it's out of my realm, you know, I can only give you the advice because I know the material. But you know, I'm. And just how I was when I worked in retail, when, um, you know, I was showing people, you know, the type of systems and things that, you know, they may like, I would be explaining these things to people. They always say like, you know, and I, I hated the term salesman because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a salesman. I was a showman. Yeah. I was going to show you what we had. <laughs> And I was going to show you how it worked. And mm-hmm. I was going to show you a good reason why you probably should get it. But ultimately, yeah. I wasn't going to make you get nothing. You know, mm-hmm. I was going to, you know, give you the understanding of, you know, why it makes sense. You know, yeah. and, you know, if I had it, it makes sense for me, too. I would get it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's just, and that was just, you know, how I stayed true to myself. Um, going going beyond and going over and above is when, you know, people lose themselves. Um, and, you know, you go so hard in one of your hats that on the other side of it, you lose what your identity was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of never, I always kind of wrestled with when I took on so many different jobs at the same time or you know we're doing a lot of things with how do i do this without overextending me mm-hmm. um and not being watered down by the time i get to the next 
you know, yeah. situation. Um, and that, and, and a lot of times that, in, that made, that made, um, the outcome of that was, yeah, I ain't going to make it. Or the mm-hmm. outcome of this is, look, by the time I get to here and by the time I do this, by the time yeah. I give 100% to this, I'm not going to have it for this. Mm-hmm. Or or it's it's no way I can do that because I have to do this. Um, mm-hmm. So realistically, it's, you know, knowing, knowing preparing to give 100% of you to everything you want or you have or what you agreed upon beforehand, mm-hmm. which for me, becoming a father, you know, I agreed to give a hundred percent of myself to becoming a husband. I agreed to give a hundred, my hundred percent of myself to being an accountant and, and mm-hmm. getting on the course of becoming a CPA. Um, it's something I agreed, you know, to myself that, I have to give a hundred of my a hundred percent of myself to in order to accomplish um is the only way that I know how to maintain those hats um and mm-hmm. still have my identity you know when I come home at the end of the day mm-hmm. um so that's that's the main that's the main way I operate um going back and forth in between you know being these different g's. <laughs> and that got kind of um <laughs> i was thinking about uh genuine when he said uh <laughs> all i can be is me i can just be me yeah day after day i continue to be um it just so happened your name g and he said i can just be g <laughs> that's what i thought about when you just responded the way you did yeah that's the only response i can give is from i can just be me mm-hmm and yes, you have all these hats, but at the core of it is Octavius LeVon Blount. At the core of it is G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to a lot of people, you're G. Yeah. To me, a lot of people, you're Gerald. Yeah. To your son, you're dad. To your, your wife, you're hey man. <laughs> you all of that, like for, for your for your wife. Yeah. And your parents is that's my son. Like that's my baby. Right. Like. That's that's just what it is. But at the core of it, you can only be you. Right. Like you said, Dame Dash said, I can't do that. Like I gotta be me. I'm gonna give you all of me. Yeah. So yeah. that um that leads into my next question is because um you may have expectations, your wife, your son, even though he can't speak it, he may have expectations. So what expectations do you have for yourself? And what expectations do you think others have on you? Well, ultimately, um, um, it's it's funny because I, I we always we always had quotes for each other, and we always had yeah, they on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> always had different ways, but the um, the funny thing uh, that I, I think about all the time was the um, the skit that Seinfeld has on uh, Wale's album. For, mm-hmm. um, for the, the matrimony song, where they act, he asks him about, "Are you ready? Are you ever? Do you know? Do you ever know you're ready for marriage?" Mm-hmm. And Seinfeld says, "No, you're not. You're never ready because it's growth." Yeah. So the only thing you can expect 
of yourself is that you're going to grow in this. You whatever you you're going to grow in this when you know you say I do you're going to grow after this. When you have a son, you're going to grow as a person. You know, you know once you come out on the other side of that degree, you're going to grow. Your mind is going to grow because it's going to have mm-hmm. learned whatever you took from it. So I only expect that I'm going to grow in what I do. Now, as far mm-hmm. as as far as what people expect of me. I personally think that they should expect the unexpected (laughs) as a, as a, and and that's what I, that's another piece that I love about being black is that, you know, there's a lot of expectations that people Mm -hmm. have for black men. Yeah. But I always like being unpredictable. Like I, I, I would love, to have done something that you didn't expect. Like I, mm-hmm. I would have loved to, you know, unwrite whatever you thought I was going to be. Or if you, mm-hmm. when you saw my name on a resume and I come up and I'm not white because you didn't mm-hmm. know what to expect when you saw a Gerald Wisher. Yeah. Like it's, and, and that's real. That's, it's just a, yeah. it's a, it's an idea that, you know, when you put expectations on somebody, you know, you have one thing in mind, but once they give you something else entirely, yeah. you know, you got to live with it, you know, and, and now you got to say like, well, maybe I shouldn't have that expectation, or maybe it was something a little off about the expectation that I had. So mm-hmm. I, I personally think that, um, you know, the expectations of other people that have for me, um, you know, maybe they should just be limitless. Maybe it should just be, you know, you don't have, you don't have to have, you know, a certain select few expectations for this person. Maybe you can just expect them to do something unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's okay. personally what I would think. Okay, I feel you on that one because I always say black men, black people. But black men as a whole are a mystery. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what you're going to do when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know what you're going to talk about. They don't know what knowledge you got in your head, what facts you got. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I commend you for that. Because mm-hmm. um, that, def- that definitely leads to my next question, which is how would you like people to perceive you and also other black men? Because you talked about expectations should be limitless. Mm-hmm. So people perceive you in a way how would you want them to perceive you and other black men well I, well i would would want them to i would, would want them to perceive them how they once perceived themselves they perceive themselves as somebody's that you know set out to do certain things you know pass or fail mm-hmm. um but they knew that you know through it they was going to go either way. They was going to grow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look at somebody, if you're looking at them in a hat of a black man or you're looking, them, looking at them in the light of being a black man, why not just look at them as a reflection of someone that's growing? Someone mm-hmm. that's, you know, not who they was yesterday. Someone that has yeah. um, infinite amount of things that they can do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially people that, you know, lost their life too soon. Like they had so many yeah. different ways that they could have gone, you know, so many different things that could have gone in their favor, you know, if they had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think um, ultimately, if you look at someone in that realm, it's not going to matter if they're black or white, male, female, you know, it's going to be, all right, now this person is someone that's growing or on a path mm-hmm. to be more than who they were. Yeah. If you start just there, you're automatically rewriting the understanding of who we were. Mm-hmm. You're automatically rewriting the understanding of why am I thinking of this person as this if I just looked at them as, okay, this is just somebody else that's just trying to start from the ground up and move forward, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, ultimately, I would just want myself, people that look like me, and, you know, um, my family, as, you know, as that grows, to be, be, see the people that are growing. Mm-hmm. People that are growing. Okay. I love that because it's, it's also recognizing that um, black men are human mm-hmm. and that, yeah, you, you left me speechless because I'm normally not speechless. I've said this to other people on the podcast, but that specific question and how you answered it, I have nothing else to say for that mm-hmm. because that's how we all should look at ourselves. Right. Like, yes, we can say... For like a better word, we suck right now. Like, <laughs> like you can say that for yourself, but that's bringing you down. You're just saying, "Hey, look, I gotta learn from that. I'm growing," like you said, mm-hmm. and that's why I said I appreciate you for saying it because we forget that. I know I do. Mm-hmm. I forget to tell myself, "Hey, bro, you still growing in this podcast space as a black man, as a fiance, as a son, mm-hmm. just a person in general in society. You're still growing, and you still have time to learn." And I think I'm going to take that and um, just continue to say that to myself because I've never said that to myself. I've had other people say it, Mm -hmm. but it's like how you said and how you brought it to this space is very helpful on my end because now I can have something to say from another brother. um, Hey, bro, you still growing. Stop, Stop doing that. You're just going to dig yourself into a deeper hole. And I'm be honest with you, throughout the whole pandemic, that's what I was doing. It was like just digging yourself into a hole to say, are you good enough? Are you supposed to be where you are at the age that you're at? Mm-hmm. But when you look at Instagram, when you look at all these stuff, they show the end result of the process that they went through. Right. And I think that's the one thing that I that I love about what you said is that as a black man, you want people to perceive you as just growing right. as a person first. And then as a black man. So I, I I appreciate you for saying that, bro. Yeah. Um, so the next space and the reason why this podcast is um, going and moving is one, because I've seen um, tension between black men when it comes to different generations. Myself and you are in the middle. Um, that's why it's called the Middle Brother Podcast is because I'm just bringing black men together just to show um, how we can grow together. Um, and also how we can actually listen to each other. So for this space, I'm going to ask you a question when it comes to um, either providing advice 
to the older generation on what you're hearing from younger brothers or vice versa. Or you can say, hey, bros, I'm giving advice to all of y'all. Um, so if possible, it doesn't have to be three, but if you give three pieces of advice, you would give to the older generation, the younger generation, or just both in general. Um, so I think, um, probably, I think most of, um, what I've seen kind of in that space, as far as like the clash and you talk about, you know, deals when, you know, you talk about, um, you know, violence and things that may occur in communities. And I would say one piece of advice, well, wholeheartedly, I think the main piece of it that has to exist on both sides is understanding. So Mm -hmm. on the top end of it, I think um, the older generation, and it's, it's funny because I'm, I'm in like myself, I put myself in that where I I think I said probably like, I remember 10 years ago coming out of high school, I said, yeah, these, these kids coming up after us are going to be crazy. Like it's, (laughs) it's going to be there because they're, they're just very, it's, it's, but it's not being, uh, understanding of, Mm-hmm. the situations that they are put into and mm-hmm. what, you know, they're given to operate. Um, and now 10, 10 years later, just to see what's like these kids that are now grown mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, in all these situations that surround about young kids and shootouts and, all these different things it just it it comes from what I was saying to myself then, but what I didn't have was the understanding of the situations. Mm-hmm. Um but as going further than that is for the older generation is along with the understanding is you can't just write the kids off. Like it's and mm. I think it was uh um I, I forget the author and you know the the context but um and then of course this stems from courses that I took but yeah. around the the generation that went into World War One um and came back after the war they 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 labeled them as the lost generation mm-hmm. like they were they were young men and women they were young men that came back t- either had disabilities no couldn't get jobs mm-hmm. they were in these situations and and they just got into mess like they they weren't mm-hmm. they didn't really get back into the working environment as um you know, as, as working, uh, families and things like that. So, um, they labeled them as a lost generation, like, because they didn't add anything to their communities, Mm -hmm. but in that you're, you're just writing them off. Yeah. So 
hmm. is a resurgence of that idea when we look at the millennials and down. Hmm. It's yeah. a certain is a certain piece to um you know the older generation labeling um the younger generation as lost. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like you're in doing that, you're almost writing off, you know, these kids, like saying they're never gonna be or it's 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 there's no helping. Mm-hmm. Where if you know you don't you know you don't put the the time and have that line of communication. Um, there's never you're never going to get there. Like there's never going to mm-hmm. be any solace. There's never going to be any uh, bridge that gets built. And then on the yeah. on the yeah. the other end, going back to understanding the yeah. kids, they have to understand that they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They do. They do know what they're talking about. They was, yeah. they were here. They didn't have yeah. the internet, but they knew if they had the internet, it would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the the tight their communities and things, it would they would you know operate differently if they had those things that you have now. Um, mm-hmm. So why not try to communicate and understand what the older generation is, you know, think about doing what you're doing right now ain't. Mm-hmm. getting you nowhere yeah so why not you know just give time to understand you know the and you know the the ways the older generation navigated and what they did wrong at least mm-hmm. um because that's ultimately what we're doing is we're just continuing the same cycle we're continuing yeah. to pass down the same ideals and we're continuing to do the same things. We're never breaking any of the curse if we're not trying to right the wrongs or understand, mm-hmm. you know, what went wrong the first time. So yeah. I, I would say really um, understanding is going to be the ultimately, ultimately the, the, the pieces on either side that allows mm-hmm. that communication to eventually succeed you have to have some type of understanding you have to not write people off as unhelpable Mm -hmm. um, or just lost and you have to be willing to listen you have to be willing to open up that um that line of communication in order to get you know what you haven't learned or what Mm -hmm. you haven't saw or you know what you don't currently see um because you're in the mix, you know, yeah. you're doing the same thing every day. Uh, why not listen to someone that did the same thing for more days than you? Yep. They've so, been around a block more than you. Right. Right. So those, th- those will probably be uh, the major pieces of advice. Okay. I appreciate you for saying that. Cause, um, that, that definitely leads into the next question, but it's, it's also, um, how I feel as well. The older generation don't don't get tired. Like I know you're t- I know y'all tired mm-hmm. of saying the same thing, doing the same thing, trying to grab these young men and be like, "Hey, let me talk to you." Please don't get tired, wiser men, because mm-hmm. they don't like to be called old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then the younger generation, y'all gotta understand that they know a little bit more than you. Yes, you got the internet, 
and everything is like that. But they've been around the block plus mm-hmm. the internet. Right. <laughs> so that's just adding to what they know. And I, I love you for saying that, bro, because that's just what it is. Y'all got to listen and understand, but y'all also got to not let them go. Y'all got to hold on tight because the world going to grab them. Yeah. And that's the one thing we don't want. And I do want to ask this question. It may, you may say the same thing, but it's fine. But based on what you've seen and experienced, what's one thing black males can do to grow together? Um, well, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, um, Growing together doesn't start until you you start to communicate the problems. That's I mean that's that's step one. Um, I think uh, that was the uh, that was the uh, sentiment I had took from. Um, I think you had sat you had just sat down uh, with the brothers on the, the, the black man health mental health. Um, and that was the that was the the piece. You have to be able to the, the the closed mouth don't get fed. You have to be able to communicate. You know the current situation you're in, what you need, how can I help? And I mean, that's that's ultimately you know where um, where any type of movement starts. It starts on that level. Um, so. Once you communicate, you can at least plan to do things, organize, and execute. But, I mean, communication is going to have to be, but you can't get to communication if you don't think there's a reason to even talk. Because you don't understand what, you don't get where they're coming from, they don't get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, so now you just two, two magnets, and y'all just... Y'all on opposite ends, and y'all never going to communicate. So, talking, you, you got to have some form of communication. Um, and I, ultimately, I, I think that's really the only thing that's going to bring people to the table. If you think the old, the old, uh, the, the mob bosses and gangs, they no matter how in he, even when you go back to wars, there were people that sat down at the table to discuss. You know what can be done, and I mean it, it has to happen as black men, especially people that want the best for each other. You know, if if we stop looking at each other like, oh, uh, you you think I'm this or you think I'm that, and start looking mm-hmm. at some something like, oh, well, this person has the best, you know has the best intentions for me mm-hmm. or they want yeah. the best for me um, when they're just, you know, they're on the other side of a situation trying to, you know, get the solution because everybody's trying to get mm-hmm. the solution. It's just, they're going in their own way, Yeah, but you can't go in your own way. You got to go together. So you got to talk, you got to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say communication still is going to be the main way. Um, for black men to grow as a whole. Um, 
communicating mm-hmm. your problem. And, you know, as a, it's coming from me because I'm, you know, I'm in finance and, and I had a, I had a, a goal was my, well, a goal or my understanding of finance was I wanted to come out of it and be able to give our people the, the solutions to put themselves in better financial situations. Mm-hmm. So you know, my whole the my whole premise when I work with people is communicating to them the best solutions. Do they listen? <laughs> not always. <laughs> not always. <laughs> so on the other side of communicating, <laughs> mm-hmm. you have to take in what's being told to you. You have to yeah. take in the your you know what what you're hearing mm-hmm. whether you want to do with you know what's recommended or not yeah. you know they that's just up to the individual person but um mm-hmm. you got to be able you got to put yourself in a situation where you can at least um talk and understand you know um, each other um, before mm-hmm. you can grow with people okay yeah. i love that I really do, because what I put up, uh, I think, yesterday um, is what Rick Ross said. He said, I don't want to move fast. I want to move correctly. Mm-hmm. And there's an African proverb that says, if you want to move fast, go alone. Mm-hmm. If you want to move slow, you got to go together. And I think in this slow walk <laughs> that we got to do with black men, it's a lot of us that's trying to run. It's a lot of us that's crawling. It's a lot of us that's jogging. It's a lot of us that's walking. So at some point we're gonna have to either connect arms and slingshot some people forward, mm-hmm. so we can be like a yeah. move forward, move forward. And I think that's um that's what we gotta do. Yeah, we gotta either wait for some people, or we gotta show people how to how to get to where we are. Mm-hmm. We gotta let them know, like, yeah, we just got done walking, now we jogging. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna get there? Either you watch what I'm doing, or you figure it out. By watching and also figuring out on your own at the same time. Right. So, thank you for saying that. Um, and I like how you connected um, war, my bosses, because in the heat of all the stuff that we know about my bosses, gangs and all that, the heads of the families or the heads of whatever, they sit down with each other and be like, hey, bro, come on, man. Like, they have those kind of conversations. Yeah, it may be in movies. It may be a little different in real life, but movies don't get it from just out of thin air. Right. That has happened. Right. So they have conversations. They communicate. They say, hey, bro, you stepping in my in my area. Right. I'm going to need you to chill. You got people in your area coming over here. I'm going to need you to tell them to chill out. And they be like, all right, cool. And that's a conversation. I don't think we're there yet. We're not at the conversation stage we had the stage of what um, Nipsey Hussle always said. I'm looking for somebody that look like me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, I got to love you first. Mm-hmm. And you got to ask yourself, do I love myself? Because I'm looking for somebody that look like me. I ain't looking for nobody else. Right. So that I, I, I love you for saying that. Um, and I do want to go into the next space before we end. Is that um, I want to elevate you and your work. Um, I don't know if you have... Um, I know tax season may have ended or just started or 
however it is. But what you got going on family-wise, your personal self, work-wise, anything you got coming up the pike yet? Uh, um, ultimately, uh, like I said, uh, I'm a test count. I work for uh, Gambling Associates, um, work with small businesses, um, individuals that, you know, starting out, uh, we're always – always here to, you know, assist with growing with companies. So, uh, that's on the business side. Um, other than that, man, uh, studying a BSCPA is like the other piece to my, uh, repertoire that I'm trying to grow. I'm currently EA, um, basically, mm-hmm. um, certified to represent people in front of the, the IRS and practice in front of the IRS. So, um, that's, that's my main, uh, my main goals right now, but you know, mm-hmm. as you grow and you, you know, you fulfill your dreams, you have new ones. So, um, that I'm definitely in the space of, of growth, um, okay. especially over the next couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Brother, I do want to say thank you. And I appreciate everybody for listening to my brother from another mother. And we all know that, like I said, this brother's good with the numbers. So Gamble and Associates, please check him out. Um, I do want to plug a lot of things for Urban Thinker Media. Um, Please follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Urban Thinker Media. And also check out our website. We have a lot of um, guests that we've had before. We also have some upcoming um, content and everything else that we have for and about black men and boys. So I do want to say thank you all. And see you all next time with another brother here on the Middle Brother Podcast. Peace.